have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt in the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello, and welcome to the show. Right, today we are going to be talking about past lives. Uh, past lives slash reincarnation, I guess a lot of these go hand in hand, obviously. Uh, we find out about a lady who's had more than one past life, and every time she sort of solves one, another one opens, which is kind of weird. And then we find out about a guy who comes back and looks like the guy he was before. You know, that's weird, and obviously the pictures and that stuff we'll put up on the website so that's just realm of the supernatural podcast uh, if you want to go over and check them out right uh, we have got a listener on today we've got chelsea on with us today she's coming on to to, to do paranormal news and stuff like that so yeah it was really good having her on i think um, she did a you know fantastic job she was a little bit nervous but you know she that doesn't show and uh, we had a good laugh on and off there so if you want to come on the show uh, and read a paranormal news story that you found with, with the in the paranormal news section that we do, then feel free just email us at supernaturalpod at gmail.com and yeah, we'd love to have you on. It'd be great fun. Uh, other than that, just remember to subscribe and if you can, leave an iTunes review or Apple Music, whatever it's called now, same thing. Uh, that's fantastic. You know, that really helps us climb the charts. I just want to say a big thank you to Deborah Hatswell who we had on uh, last week at the UK Bigfoot show. Obviously, she was suffering from the flu, and uh, she, you know, she did a fantastic job. She come on, still battle through it, and that, and uh, it turned out really well. And it's very interesting. And I've had, a, you know, quite a bit of feedback uh, about that show. It's, it's again, if you've got any feedback, you can find us on Facebook, Realm the Supernatural Podcast, or just uh, email us at, like, I say, SupernaturalPod at gmail.com uh, we'd love to get your feedback you know it helps us for future shows I've had uh, Dennis give me an idea for one of the next shows coming up later that was in the hangout so that's what it's for so if you've got any ideas send them our way right on with the show so firstly we start off just by talking about um, Chelsea what she's got going on at her house her house is a little bit haunted at the moment um, so we'll just get into a little bit of that Is it still going on, Chelsea? Is it is it uh, kind of calmed down? Or is it still on that high level? Um, it's still going on. I mean, I don't think I've gotten a full night's sleep in since it's happened the first time, and we got stood up by our priest yesterday, so that kind of sucked. <laughs> well, mm, that's not so nice. Supposed I'm, to come in, bless the house. Yeah, well, yeah, like I could make it worse, but I'm not saying anymore about that. Did you have some? Did you, you got some sage in? <coughs> sage is good. So yeah, yeah, we had the house saged and it, it calmed down for for a while. Um, I can't really tell if it's in my head right now, you know, because I'm just scared or if it's actually going on still. Mm. So, yeah, well, it's like, yeah. um, it, no, because obviously I had to tell us the tale on, on Jerry's show yeah. and, and I said to you, didn't I, you know, because uh, I asked you if you, you were smelling smoke. Or you know the, that sort of smell, sulfur, fire, and sulfur. Uh, you said both you and your husband have smelled it on occasions in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you say the fire alarms were going off as well? Yes, Which and is, then they would just go off. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's strange, isn't it? But that, yeah. that normally, I think most of that is for attention. Mm, but that they normally follows with um, some with a gin, doesn't it? Because um, how long was how long? Because normally with a gin, you'll find that it. If it's going to appear, it normally appears shortly after you move house, that kind of thing. And I think you've not been in this house long, have you? No, we actually just paid our um, first full rent. Yeah. On the first, so. See, that that's common in a lot of gin. It's why, yeah, why it's why I think it's more for gyms. It's a common thing. No, but we have, sometimes if, you if can have listeners. A, we're not talking yeah, about well, gin some, on the bar, are we? Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you can have. Um, <coughs> sometimes you can have a haunted house. Sometimes you can have a haunted person. Uh, it can, haunted yeah, object. It, it, it can actually. But for whatever reason, the gin seems to um, come in. What you know when you change location, change property, and I don't know really know why that is, but you'll find that in a lot of cases. Like, but do, do you know the house? Uh, do you know its history, Chelsea? Um, I got a little bit about it because um, when I had the house saged, the lady who came and saged my house, she had been here about eight years prior. Okay. And uh, her friend lived here, and her friend moved out, I guess, within about six months, and uh, she had a lot of activity going on. Okay. And in the same room, you know, my master ba- my master bathroom and my master room. But um, she heard a couple of rumors, because we have this huge field um, by our house, and she heard a couple of rumors that, you know, that was an unmarked graveyard that they had um, for, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Orville Dam. It's no. um, it's a huge dam that we have here in Orville, and it took a lot of labor, and a lot of people died. Yeah. Well, do you and, know what, nation- uh, you know what um, nationality the people were? Um, I believe they said Asian. Mm. Yeah. And um, that there's a lot of graves scattered through throughout Orville that, you know, were dug up and removed because they started building stuff. But, um, you know, that's not confirmed, so I'm yeah. trying not to read too much into that, but yeah, it could yeah. explain well, a little bit of what's going have on. You got, you want, have you got a pet cemetery near you, Chelsea? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, yeah. um, I mean, I normally... The... picking up animals in your house quite a lot. Oh, I've got a lot of animals yeah, in my house. Uh, not, I mean, live animals. <laughs> yeah, not live animals. I'm picking up um, some kind of animals that have passed on but are, are still in your house. Mm-hmm. So, mm. my, my bit of history, though, I'd like to find a bit of history about the house because yeah. I, I, I'm just... I'm just I'm just picking up pet cemetery. Pet well, normally cemetery, these pet cemetery. Don't these, know why. Uh, Maybe it'll come these to type light. of hauntings that just come on. Normally, they just as soon like as quickly as they start, they they finish. You know, yeah. You just you'll just probably find that it'll just peter out. Most of it's point. for attention, I think. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. Get... Once you start ignoring it, and like you know, you've you've you know, you've already said like once you start selling it to to leave and all that stuff, and not not every time, but you know, nine times out of ten, that normally does do the trick. I mean, I had that when I was a kid. There was kept pulling the covers off me. I think. Yeah, so me, wasn't it? And, exactly uh, the same with me. I just uh, yeah. I had enough of it once. I just just said fuck off. You know what I mean? It, it just literally, it <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. It, it never happened again. So. I, I I had to hide in the toilet because that's the only place they couldn't get me, Chelsea. Oh. <laughs> I, I, that, honestly, they could not get me in the toilet. I had to take my pillow and my blanket because in them days there was no quilts. It was just blankets in them days, uh, and I. I closed the toilet door and fell asleep on there, and they could not get in. So, oh, yeah, well, but that's we, how um, persi- uh, that's how persistent they can be. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I'm getting to the point of it's making me angry. <laughs> so yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> well, you uh, you're going to join us for the paranormal news, I believe. Yes. So, yep. do you want to? Uh, should we fire away with that? Do you want to do your story first, and my first? I'm sure. Yeah. Okay then. Um, right. And will do his, and then then we'll. I then shall we'll, do mine first. Yeah. I'll okay. just do mine, and this one is okay. This is to me. This is residual. No active. It is active spirit, but it's, it's from past. But it's like a replay. But I'll see the uh, the sun's got it. The paper itself has got it as you know. They're still fighting, which a lot. Welcome to another installment of the Paranormal News, broadcasting to you from places unknown, bringing you the top three paranormal headlines of the week. Five, four, three, two, one. Uh, my uh, Paranormal News for the day is called Army of the Dead. The dark story of Britain's haunted battlefield where dead soldiers wage war to this day. Terrified locals uh, live in fear of Culloden's Moor's anniversary ghost spectral soldiers who appear from thin air to fight each other every year on April the 16th, the day of the battle. Uh, the Battle of Culloden was a bloody clash between Jacobite rebels and the ruling house of Hanover over who should sit on the British throne. Named after Culloden Moor near Inverness, Scotland of course, that place mm-hmm. has had loads of wars on it there, uh, where the battle was fought, it marked the end of a long and arduous campaign. The exhausted, hungry and demoralised Jacobite soldiers were butchered in a bloodbath which lasted less than half an hour, but many say that the fighting of 1746 never really stopped. Um, reports that walkers on the moor have seen terrifying visions of ghostly uh, soldiers near the graves of fallen Jacobites. One account describes a battle-scarred warrior lying injured on the ground, while others say they have seen dead Jacobites covered by tartan cloths. And that's not the only airy thing about the blood-soaked battlefield. It is also believed that birds never sing around the site of that violence violent skirmish, instead staying silent to avoid the wrath of the ghost who fight on. Mm. So that to me is residual energy, it's like a replay. Certain dates, certain times, it'll just replay the whole... Yeah, anniversary ghost. Yeah, anniversary ghost, Mm. yeah. Oh. That's my paranormal one, so it's... um, it's, Well, it's interesting to, you know, that the the seeing the actual, uh, you know... The guy literally stricken there, you know, wounded yeah, and that. Yeah, dying and that. Yeah, bit, again, it's a it's, it's a, a replay. Unusual, it's naturally. Uh, well, it's not unusual. Quite, it's a replay. You see, it, don't you? Yeah. It's like yeah, it was it's unusual. The part just, about the birds is kind of scary. Yeah, nature knows that. Yeah, uh, it. yeah, the birds. It's it's uh, what what who's listened to? But before that, term ah, oh, um, the guy from the army who um, does kind of that shelter with all the in Iraq. Yeah, Tyler. Tyler, yeah. And he said there's a certain place, a certain building, where the birds would not go. Mm. They'd keep away from it, you know. So so the birds know. 
bad energy not to go down there. Yeah. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't nest there, would they? They wouldn't go anywhere near that that uh, barracks. No, they seem to obviously <coughs> homing pigeons, these kind of things. They seem to have some sort of link with the magnetic field or whatever, whatever it is. What's capturing yeah. the ghost, replaying the ghost? Because it's got to be some sort of, you know, it's got to be, re- you know, well, not not definite, but like, presumably it's like a replay of the um, event. Yeah, like it's getting in the magnetic field somehow yeah. and then replaying. Stuck in the stone, isn't it? Yeah. Or the fabric of the stone, like in a castle, oh, yeah. you'll see a. Uh, somebody walk straight through, but he won't look. Or she, he, she or he will not. They'll like look straight through you. You're not there. You should, they just see something else. Anyway. Okay. So story two, Chelsea. Do you want to take this one away? Sure. Okay. Well, I found something on the Newsweek magazine about a neurologist who didn't believe in the afterlife. You know, he's a scientific man and. I feel like when those people get confirmed that there is something more than, you know, just dying, that it kind of says something. But um, he was put into a seven-day coma, and it says he describes everything as if, you know, just beauty and um, I forgot what they said, what part of the brain was shut down but once he came out of the coma you know he said that everything that he believed before was just nonsense you know Mm. that he completely believes in the afterlife now because of what he saw and that he wants to find a scientific way to prove it now (laughs) Mm. but um was it an out of body experience that he had um, he s- explained it as going to a completely different realm. Mm. Yep. Yeah. See, so he says the part of the brain that controls thought and emotion and that in essence makes us human had shut down when he was in his coma. He says there's no scientific explanation for the fact that while my body lay in a coma, my mind, my conscious, my inner self was alive and well. Well, well, um, again, you know, if you want to really, I mean, there's loads of stories like that, and there's loads of, you know, comments that there's no what they've seen. To me, the brain is a just a computer. Hmm. Well, you shut the computer down. I sometimes look at it more like um, like a radio receiver. Yeah, you know, it picks up the aspects of mind, which yeah. is an energy you know, field, like, which um, where you pick up from. Like you know. Obviously, if we had a radio in this room now, we could we could switch, move the dial. Yeah, that's right, yeah. correct. Yeah, that's and move it into different frequencies. that have dials on nowadays, but well, we, yeah. yeah. But okay. we could we could you know we could that obviously that means that like you know all around us is heavy metal music playing now. Uh, this classical, classical music, you know, even punk, all sorts rock, of shit and everything. If we had a radio and right now, we could chat. We could channel in, turn you know turn a dial and, and tune into that. The so internet's going through as well. Isn't I it? think the brain's something similar. I think it's a lot of this information maybe it's. Picking up from outside, we don't really know where consciousness resides, do we? So, well, it's, it's outside of you, not inside. But it's still, just a computer that picks up aspects of mind. I'm still not convinced on the old afterlife, though. If he, if he oh. finds a, if, well, no, but if he if he finds an experiment that works, then I'll, I'll I'll be interested in that. But I know in some hospitals now they've started putting code words and stuff, aren't they, on these on the roof? Yeah. So if people do have an out of body experience, um, then when they come back round, they start to, they say, "Well, what did you see the code word?" and Apparently that's um, producing some results. So it must be something, isn't it? Huh? Well, again, you know, if if you're going into if the consciousness is everywhere, uh, yeah. then you know if you're 
transfer it from your body into that. Uh, and we spoke, didn't we, before about yeah, that, uh, you know, where your body changes weight when you die. Was it six grams? Was it four grams, Lee? Something like you that, yeah. Four, four or five grams yeah, gone. A little, yeah, a little amount of grams, but the for a split second, then it? You, your body just weighs... Is less, it less or less, was it heavier? Less. Is it more? Less. Yeah. yeah, it goes. So there's some sort of transference there, but I, like I said to you, Dennis, it's, you know, but then obviously it weighs the same again, so it's like almost like if you scoop water out of a... Out of a uh, you know the sea, you know, yeah, yeah, you can scoop that water out and it weighs mm. less for two seconds, but then it just fills back in, you know. So yeah, if you come back into your body, you know, yeah, so. or and some energies replaced, replaced there. Well, unless you get a walk in, which I've heard about the walk ins, I'm not sure about that. Uh, get into that when we get into the past lives, right? <laughs> My story then. <laughs> Go on, then. Go number on, one. Let's have your from story. the sun, <clears throat> and of you'll course. you'll like this because. Uh, it's the, the obligatory no demon. It, obligatory <laughs> demon, right? A terrified family, yeah, a terrified family are convinced a demon is stalking their home after capturing a string of spooky goings on on camera. Husband and wife, Robert and Pauline, along with their son, Barry, yeah, Barry. Well, have lived in the house in Gravesend, Kent, for ten years. They are withholding their surnames to prevent ghost hunters discovering their exact location. They say Barry, 33, is the focus of the paranormal activity and the fear his bedroom could be a portal to the other side. Mm. Okay. No, the, oh, no. The phenomena, that yeah, which first began six years ago, have seen friends and neighbours become too terrified to visit the property. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. And that prompted... Robert to install CCTV cameras. They recorded a string of incidents, including a mug moving on its own and rubber gloves flying off a kitchen worktop. Okay. And it, there is actually a video for that. We'll put yeah. it on the website and that. But other clips show a chair rotating and a door opening and closing. And that's quite good. Uh, so why? But let's say it's a demon doing it. Barry describes an unwanted house guest as a black shape follows him around the house. I right, guess okay. that's where he's getting the demon from. Ah, right. Okay. He said. I have seen the shadow three times in the house, but it tries to hide from me whenever I see it. One time, when I was going down the stairs, I felt the presence behind me. I turned around and saw it. It's definitely not my shadow, but I can't make out what it is. It's like a black mass. I kept walking. Wait, well, fucking hell. I kept waking up at 3.47am and I heard a bang. And then we checked downstairs. Pictures had all been thrown around. Ooh. Yeah, there is something making me feel scared. I wasn't. It wasn't just in my head. There was definitely something in my room. It kept trying to wake me up. There the way go. it moves Attention. is odd. I felt dread for the first time. He also added, "When we caught caught the cop, blah, fucking hell, Come on, you a bit get of, a grip. Yeah, this, this, is what, this is what drinking all day does to you, mate. Oh, well, that's it. <laughs> when when we caught the cop moving on the CCTV, uh, at first I thought it could have been water that it slid on, which yeah, but I checked the surface was bone dry." Mum wouldn't let me get away without drying the pots properly, so I know the cup was dry too. Yeah, but when you put, when you, you know, because obviously you'll see in the video that he's pouring mm. the cup of tea in it, so I mean, you know, water can slap, go down the edge. Yeah, of the it cup can do. But he's well, saying it's dry, so we'll take him benefit take of his that. Word but for I him. would, I mean, I've seen cups slide uh, when they've got water underneath them. Yeah. 
Um, it's just water tension, isn't it? But but he, he's saying it's dry, so we'll take his word for that. It's a demon. Paul, it's not a demon. <laughs> Paulie, <laughs> fifty-two, <Bullshit. laughs> said, a demon. I believe black. it's a. Oh, here we go. It gets even go better. On. Look, go on. Pauline, fifty-two, said, I believe it's a monk. That's haunting the house. It's got to be a Yeah, because it was like, you know, obviously everybody knows in England there was a million monks, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> everywhere, yeah. It's everywhere is haunted by them, isn't it? Why, why, I know, why is monks got to be all black? Yeah, well, I know what I saw, and it was not fragment of my imagination. Barry's bedroom could be the portal. It's following my son. Portal. It's not portal. Asshole. Unemployed Robert. What the fuck? Why do we need to there know? You go. Yeah. Unemployed. Unemployed Robert, 54, <laughs> now making, <laughs> now making a million pound a year on YouTube from revealing his <laughs> how it helps CCTV footage. No, okay. don't say that. Unemployed yeah. Robert, 54, revealed that he once managed to photograph the apparition on the stairs. Uh, and that picture's up here as well. Just looks like smoke to me. I'll just show yeah, you that yeah. quickly. Slightly. There you go. And again, I'll put this. I'll put this out on the website so people can have a look at that. He added, It's really freaky place to live. Friends and neighbours say they are scared to come round, particularly after dark. Not even to use the toilet. I'd love to go. What? I'd love to go. Absolutely love it. It's freaky... <laughs> It's a really freaky place to live. Friends and neighbours say they're too scared to come round, particularly after dark, not even to use the toilet. Like, people come to your house just to use the toilet. Mm. Hey? You know. <laughs> anyway, when anyone does come round, they shout, Bye! to the ghost. Too. Sometimes the door slams after they do. Uh, we have talked about getting someone in to fight it, but we won't in case the ghost is my mum and dad. Hang on, mate. It was a monk a minute ago. I know. Uh, this is a demon. Then it's a monk. Yeah, it's a bipo- then it's possibly could be my mother, my, my mum and dad. So but, make uh, his mind up what it is. But I, I was, you know, clearly evidence. I mean, when There's no evidence there. When when uh, when you get rubber gloves flying around, you know you've got a demon. <laughs> but why is everything a demon? Why would a demon bother lo- losing its using its energy just to make you know? Yeah, I can flow the gloves. You know, he'd rather put your head through a window than throw some rubber gloves. No, no. You know, it's just it's idiocy. That's the paranormal news of the week. Yeah, okay, then I'll do. Like I say, all the. Thankfully, uh, I am now afraid again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, well, if you get rubber gloves and cups moving, you you know you've got a demon, won't you? So. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'll tell definitely. You, I'll tell you what you can do, Chelsea. Right, it's quite easy, right? You just ask for, you know, again, you know, I mean, I, I think you, you saw, saw me in our singing bowl. Just change the frequency in the room, it's ace. What all you need to do is, again, everybody's got guides. Lee's got guides. He, he, he won't admit it, but he has. Yeah. I've got guides. We've all got protective guides. For them to be um, wanted and to be used, you need to ask. They can't just intervene without, you know, on your behalf, they can't do that. Mm. They, you need to ask for them to help you to, to come in and say, you know, help me, protect me, look after me. And guaranteed, Chelsea, they will. In some form or other, they will come and help you. They'll protect you. Well, whatever your protect, you've got, everybody's got one protection guide. I've got mine. Mm-hmm. You've got yours. So, um, if you feel fear, if you, if you feel frightened anytime, Chelsea, in your house or outside your house or anytime, you feel fear, just, just ask for your help. And I, I, guarantee you'll be texting me saying it works it works yeah you know i will definitely they, they will help that. you they you have to ask though chelsea that but they will intervene you see because these i think there are they, i think in your house as well there are animal spirits in your house as well 
Um, so that'd be again, they could be send a guide who's does that over that over that side. But you know, if, if you feel fear and if that, just that they'd love to help you, they'd love to help you and you know do their bit. They'll jump in. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Now that singing bowl, you can actually just get the uh, the track. Yeah. As well, you don't actually have to go and get the bowl. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, you, if you did have one and you... Unless you to... like salads and then it doubles up as a good salad bowl. No, it's not for eating bowl. It's a, <laughs> it's a frequency change bowl. It's very, very good. You can, feel the, you can feel the energy changing in the room. It's amazing. It's fantastic. But uh, I think whatever's in your house is um, not evil and it's not... Uh, Wants to hear. It wants attention. If I'm if I'm picking mm-hmm. up right, it needs attention. It wants to be um, seen or wanted or to be heard. Attention seekers. I think that's mm, what is. Indeed. Again, right. but you'll be fine. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but you, you know, if you found out the history of the house, I just I'm picking up pet, a pet cemetery. Don't know why. What's that's got to do with you, yourself or your house? Whatever. But try and find out. Indeed. Well, yeah. And uh, let us know. Yeah, please. Yeah, let us know how that transpires. Yeah. I'd be interested to know. So, um, right, well, thank you for joining us today, Chelsea. Thank you, Chelsea. And thank, uh, you, thank you so much for coming on uh, so early your end, because we didn't know it was six in the morning, didn't we? <laughs> no. I am going back to bed. Yeah, <laughs> don't right, blame you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on and keep us informed and uh, get some sleep. Definitely. Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah, thank Take you, care. guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so yeah, so thank you, Chelsea. Right, on with the show. Andy, what is your first past life story? The more I look into reincarnation stories, the more I was blown away by the detail and memory of all these people who believe they have lived before in a past life. Not only do they have memories from an early age, they also seem to be born with the memories intact and take it for granted that their family will automatically understand what they are talking about. For them, it's normal to suddenly say, I used to be a pilot, or I was Anne Frank, mm. or, or Henry VIII, yeah. Yeah, Henry VIII yeah, yeah. or whoever, which are amazing real-life reincarnation stories in their own right. <laughs> but the one thing that is missing from a lot of the stories is proof. Real solid proof. And this is why the story of Carl Eden is so extraordinary. Apart from the memories that Carl insisted were true, there is a bizarre and stunning twist to the story. I was a German bomber pilot. Carl Eden was born on December the 29th, 1972 in Middlesbrough, England. His parents, James and Valerie Eden, were Christians and attended the Church of England services. Neither of them believed in reincarnation. In fact, it wasn't something that was ever spoken about in the home. When Carl was three years old, he began to tell a startling and rather disturbing story. He said he remembered being a German bomber pilot. His parents were really confused. What on earth did he get these strange stories from? He knew that they didn't have any books on the subject of the Second World War, and because of Carl's young age... There was no way that he could have ever read or seen these stories. His father James soon began to take an interest and was the first to start an investigation into the stories. I crashed a plane through a window. 
These are the first words of Carl Eden as he began to insist that he was a German pilot. He repeated these words many times over the years, and it was always swiftly followed by a Nazi salute. Mm. He also insisted that he had been shot down in 1942. He went on to say that he was on a bombing raid over England when he crashed. He then drew badges, swastikas and German insignias. This was still when he was two or three years old. I had just started to learn how to draw pictures. I can imagine that conversation when you when when he comes back from school. <laughs> yeah, and then did a Nazi salute. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mr. Smith. Hi, yo. Where's me tea? Hi, yo. So, um, not only that, he would draw pictures of the plane with the swastikas on them. <laughs> the fucking pyramids going. We don't know where he gets it. Honestly, we don't. <laughs> he used to be a German bomber, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which was closely followed by an eagle, which closely resembled the German eagle emblem. Mm. When asked by, when asked what his name had been, he replied, Robert. But my father's name was Fritz. But he was still slightly vague on their names. By the time he was six years old, he had drawn a detailed plan of an airplane cockpit and described what the different gauges were for. He also told of a red foot pedal that would release the bombs. That's quite strange, that mm, age, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How would you, how would you know a well, foot, I wouldn't, a, a, I wouldn't a, even, the colour red? I wouldn't even know about no. a pedal now. I would have maybe thought it was maybe a lever or something, yeah. not a pedal. But again, he, he said it was a red pedal that would release the bombs. He then mm. stunned his parents by explaining that the plane was a German Messerschmitt, but he wasn't sure. He believed that the number on the plane was either 101 or 104. By this time, his parents were totally involved in trying to work out the details. And one night, when they were watching a program about the Holocaust, Carl said that he believed his airbase was close to a concentration camp. Which definitely happened, by the way. Mm, yeah. They were not sure which one. Before we get any more reviews saying that we denied it. No, 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 no. We didn't deny anything, did we? Not anti-Semitic. Anyway, uh, Carl gave detailed information about how he had lost his right leg in a crash. And in a strange twist, Carl had a large birthmark on his groin at the top of his right leg. Mm, that pop, that's regular. That, yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. With, uh, Studies have points. shown that when someone tells of a past life, there is often something on the body of the claimant that corresponds to the original past life person. Mm. That makes sense, that doesn't it? Well, to me, it does. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, can do. Yeah. 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 By yeah. the time he was eleven, Carl was shown how he could do the goose step. Right, the goose <laughs> step. I know this is crap, but he, he try, he, he's saying this is how I did it in the previous life. The typical the, the goose step is the typical match of the German pilot or soldier. You know, yeah, you know, it's like the can can one. Yeah, the, that's yeah, right. But yeah. they, the Germans call it the goose step. Yeah. Um, so yeah. When his classmates began to laugh at him, he decided that it was time to stop telling his memories. Uh, psychologically, Carl also showed traits of his past life by being meticulously neat and tidy. And when he stood to listen to someone, he would stand in a straight stance as though he was a soldier, even down to the th- fact that he had his hands were firmly by his side. Even at school, his memories would come forward, and when a school play was casting for a German character, Carl would insist on taking the part. Mm. 
Carl didn't even look like his parents. They were very dark-haired. Carl was blonde. He did have blue eyes, like his mother, but the rest of the family had brown eyes. Aryan race? Mm. As Hitler would have said, he would be perfect candidate for the Aryan race. The trouble with all his memories and stories was at that time they could not be corroborated. There was no proof. There was no documentation. There was nothing. But soon something happened that it was so strange it goes beyond the realm of sheer belief. In 1942, Heinrich Richter was shot down in his dormier bomber airplane along with three other crew members. The details of the crash included the fact that the plane had been damaged by anti-aircraft fire before it crashed into a barrage, sorry, a barrage balloon mm-hmm. and fell from the sky. Three of the pilots were recovered and buried in Thornaby, approximately four miles from Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah, just around the corner. Yeah. Yep, just after the plane crashed. Here's where the story gets really weird, mate. He was born the day after. <laughs> Within the wreckage, the three bodies did not include Heinrich Richter. At the time of Carl's memories of reincarnation, Heinrich was not even known to have been in the plane. Right? Mm-hmm. Then in 1997, 25 years after Carl had told his story, more wreckage was discovered, buried off Tilbury Road, Middlesbrough. Where the pl- when the plane was dug up, they discovered another body, that of Heinrich Richter. What's more, when they removed the remains of the body, they found that the Heinrich had lost his right leg in the crash. And the leg was still in his boot. Right? Mm. Remember, Carl told of his leg being severed, and in his <coughs> lifetime, he, w- he has a huge birthmark in the same place as a, reco- as a recovered body. But that's not all. New photographs of Heinrich Richter have emerged after a local historian took up the tale and doggedly followed it through with enormous amounts of research. When the photos are placed together, there is a, an uncanny resemblance between the two men, and they are. We'll put these on the yeah, website, won't we? Website, we'll put, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. As you can see in the photograph, they could have been blo- uh, they could have been brothers, or it seems in this case the same man. Carl's mother Val was completely stunned. It has to be him, she whispered. But sadly, the story doesn't end here. Two years before the discovery of the down bomber airplane and the recovery of Heinrich Richter's body, Carl Eden was murdered. Right? In 1995, Gary Vinter was working alongside Carl Eden at Ludersall Grange Town Yard train depot, Vinter, who had a history of extreme violence, suddenly turned on Carl and in a few seconds of complete horror stabbed the boy 37 times. He punctured every single one of Carl Eden's Eden's organs. Carl left behind his girlfriend Michelle, their daughter 20-month-old Sophie and his parents. Two months later, Michelle gave birth to his second daughter, Carla. Right. And that's not him, is it? No. On the day that Gary Vinter carried out his vile attack and murder, Carl Eden had travelled to Skinny Grove to collect train carriages. He was 22 years old. Okay? More than 30 years earlier, on the day that Heinrich Richter died, his plane had bombed Skinny Grove and flew to Middlesbrough following the railway line. He was 24 years old. Carl Eden and Heinrich Richter had both died taking the same route to their death. Douglas Vinter, better known as Gary Vinter, 
was given a life sentence after the brutal murder of Carl Eden. He only served 10 years be before being let out on licence. He soon went on to meet mother of four and white and they married in 2006. Her family warned her to get away from him but she refused. Soon she was telling her friends that she wanted to leave him but, he was, but she was too scared. He attacked Anne and went back to prison only to return after release and he murdered her. He's now serving a life sentence. Monster me. Yep. Carl's Eden mother, um, Val, was firmly convinced that Carl was indeed the reincarnation of Henrik Richter. At the funeral of Henrik Richter, which took place after they found his body in 1997, Val and Jim, Carl's parents, said that standing at Richter's grave felt eerie and it was like they were burying Carl all over again. Mm. After the service, they said they hoped this would be the end of it. <coughs> Sorry, that this would be the end of it now. Right, there are many tales of reincarnation, but this has to be the most bizarre, sad and poignant of them all. Not only was Carl reincarnated, he was cruelly taken once again from this life. Even stranger was the fact that he died within feet of where he, as Heinrich, came down in a plane many years ago. To find the plane and the body of Heinrich and released that there was no way that Carl could ever have known the story of the missing pilot was amazing. Many tales of reincarnation leave a question mark. Did somehow they read it? Did a boy or girl in question hear it from someone else? And then we have doubts. But in the case of Carl Eden and Heinrich Richter, there could be no doubt. These were certainly strange circumstances of fate that connected these deaths together. Of one soul and one place. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, That's very, very weird and <clears throat> strange. What do you think, Lee, there? What do you think? Well, I think, you know, like, um, obviously when he's come back and said that, you know, he was, he did die there and then they found the body, you know what I mean? Mm. That might give me goosebumps. I think, they, they, I mean, for Carl again to get murdered along the train line. Yeah, that's weird. You I know, mean, that's. So, again, same age where, where, yeah. where the. That kind of makes the, it makes the reincarnation aspect of it pointless, doesn't it? So. Well, uh, again, he must have must be some reason why he came back and he, and why he his life was took so early again. Mm. Very strange. Must it's be the reason a, for it. Definitely a strange one. Well, my story then is just a strange, really, and um, it goes into a bit. Like not just one past life. This is like a a few, you know, all rolled into one. Okay. So, in fact, well, it's the story of Jenny Cockrell, right? This all starts when, you know, as young as four. Yeah, she yeah. starts <clears throat> getting these memories. Now they are memories. They're not. There's only one memory that came to her in a dream. The rest of them are actual memories, you know, like, you know, we we have memories. Yeah, don't of course. We? Yeah. So the rest of them are just actual memories. They've always been there and they're all jumbled together. So she's got memories of four or five different lives. So she didn't know at the time, but she's got memories of four or five different lives all mingled in to each other. So she couldn't really... Oh, that must be a bit of hard, that really. Yeah, so she couldn't hard. really ascertain uh, which one was for which. And yeah. She couldn't really, you know, uh, explain the story because they were so all jumbled up. So, like I say, this this all began when she was four, and then she'd start drawing pictures, and she kept she, one of the recurring things that she drew was this map of right. this village, and um, she knew this village was in Ireland, 
uh, but she didn't know any, any more about that. And anyway, life goes on. She becomes, uh, you know, a mother of two children of her own. And at that point, she really wanted to find out a bit more about this um, this particular memory from Ireland. So okay. she goes to get an atlas and she looks and for, she, she can't explain it, but for whatever reason, she knew it was Ireland, right? And she knew which part of Ireland it was. And she looked looked at the map, and then just north of Dublin, she finds this place called um, Malahide. And uh, she's she, like, this is it, this is the place. So she grabs her map, which she drew when yep. she was four, five, and she puts it next to the map of the village, and it's identical. You know, she'd even put on this, this map, you know, various places like post office, that kind of shit. Uh, again, obviously, a lot of the buildings have changed, you know, over the years, yep. like, but... It, you know the map was pretty bang on. The roads were still in the same place, and that, and she even knew where their cottage was. All kinds of stuff. So, obviously, at this point, she decides that she's going to um, try and get more of the memories in order. So, I'm going to find out a bit more about. Yeah. So see, the best, see if these are kind of they are real. Yeah. And, and it, try and yeah. you know put them back in like because like I say like she's got she's got yeah because she's got five or six different things going yeah. on. So she goes for uh, regression therapy. Uh, so she goes to see a hypnotist, and she said she felt funny about doing that because she was a bit skeptical about yeah. that anyway. And uh, it, it turned up it never really worked. Uh, she got a few more memories, but well, nothing. Um, you know, nothing major. So. Mm. She said, "There's nothing really more you know, I can do here. I've got to go to Ireland. I've got to get there, yeah. you know, and then hopefully shit will come back to me." So that's what she did. So she goes over to Ireland and she has a look around, and she's really, really convinced now that this is the place. So what she starts doing, she starts reaching out to uh, churches, that kind of thing looking for church records okay. to try and find who this person was that she's remembering and the situation. Because she could remember little bits like, um, she knew she died. This is what I was saying about before. All her uh, memories uh, were memories, right? There was only one memory that she had that was not a memory and it came in a dream. Okay. It was like a reoccurring yeah. dream. And that was the memory of her dying. And she knew she died in this particular hospital. Uh, she could remember the hospital. She drew it and that. She could she knew it was shortly, shortly after childbirth. So, and she knew she'd had eight children. She knew. So um, so there's a little bit to go on, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. but she really wanted names, dates, you know, all that kind of shit. So she's reaching out to all these church records, and she even put an ad in the local paper. And, uh, you know, as luck would have it, someone read that and knew the, the story of this family. Right. And so he contacted her and said, that the, the woman you're looking for is a, a woman called uh, Mary Sutton, and she died in 1897. Okay, so got a little bit to go on now so she then she she can really mm. research and she does find the records and it showed that what happened unfortunately shortly after the mary sutton died um the family broke up uh the the father was a bit of an alcoholic and uh and he just couldn't look after the kids so okay. he kept the oldest one sonny to look after the, had a bit of a farm thing going on but he kept him to look after that what he needed to do there and the rest were sent to orphanages oh. Uh, which is the case in Ireland. Yeah, know, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite prevalent. And and so, and so not only that, but they were separated. The kids were separated. And mm. again, that's pretty normal. The lads go one place, girls go another place. And then, yeah. you know, from there, they can be separated again. So as it turned out, I mean, she didn't know this at the time, but as it turned out, the when she started researching this uh, and looking into it, the, the, the lads, if you like, they just got sort of back together. 
they'd actually found them yeah. found themselves again. The girls, not so much. The girls, the, uh, the, the lads weren't in touch with the girls, but uh, the ones that were still alive, they, they you know, they, mm. they, they got in contact. But she didn't know this at the time, so she really thinks it's her mission. And she's quoted as saying this: she she felt like she had to bring the family back together. You know, that, right. she yeah. thought that was like a you know like a mission that she, mm. uh, that's what she'd been sort of reincarnated to do, if you like, if you yeah. want to call it that. So. Obviously, she gets this letter from the newspaper ad, uh, and she knows who she's looking for now. So now she's got names and she's got addresses and stuff like that. She, she knows the people who she needs contact, but she didn't want to pick up the phone and and ring and say, "Oh, that you know." So, you know, I'm you know. So it would be a strange conversation, to say the least. Yeah, and she didn't know what we put down on it. Yeah, really. she didn't know what sort of reception she'd get. Yeah. So, at the time, the BBC got involved and they was going to do a show on this. Um, so. She got. She had a bit of a research. It was like a go-between. So she would ask questions. The eldest lad was called Sonny, and that's who she got in contact with first. She she would ask questions of him, uh, and then to go through this, like she'd be the researcher, be the mediator, and so she'd ask Sonny. You know, she said this, this, that, and then he'd come back with the answers, and then he'd tell her. You know, and and so there's that arm's length from each yeah. other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that was the initial contact. And when Sonny um, listened to what she had to say, and some of the things that she said about. You know, she she could talk. She talked about um, stuff that happened around the house, like uh, the kids when they caught this hair. She knew um, this one of the particular memory that she had. And again, this is not <coughs> this is not from England. This is um, this is a mem- This must be a mem- not not from a life in England. This mm. must be a memory from before because yeah. she even remembered this stuff in the mattress with this uh, particular like um, like chaff or something. She she remembered every now and again she'd have to go outside and. Re, re, uh, restuff it because obviously after time it'll get it hard down, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, squashed down, down. Squash down so it'd be a shit night's sleep so she even remembers stuff like that and she obviously told the research mm. to ask him about this did this happen and then he come back and said yes you should do it all the time and uh, there was a lot of facts in there that it suddenly believed she couldn't have, she could not have known obviously she had time it like um, you know dates Times, names, that kind of shit. Yeah. You could, you could, you know, anybody can research that. But the little things, even, even she knew how the house was constructed. And obviously the house is not there anymore. It's been, it's put and pulled down years ago. So he decides that he will, you know, the times come where they basically have to speak. Yeah. And so she, she, um, picks up the phone and, and rings him. Um, so this, this happens in 1990. Uh, so Sonny hit, you know, obviously speaks to her on the phone and listens to her story and all the rest of it. Okay. And he finds it really uh, amazing. In fact, Sonny's the first pick because she never mentioned reincarnation because she didn't know how they would feel about it. Um, and so she, he was the first person to actually say to her, I think you might be the reincarnation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. And I thought this was funny actually because this this uh, Sonny when he has the phone call, he comes off the phone, puts the phone down, and he turns around, and his his wife says to him, "You look like you've seen a ghost." And Sonny turned back to her, as white as a sheet, and he said, "I've just been talking to my mother, mm. you know, who yeah. died in yeah, it was eighteen ninety seven, did I say?" So things move on from there quite quickly you know because the rest of the family now she's got names and dates and all the rest of it she's actually sort of started re- yeah. reuniting the, the family okay. yeah obviously you know with it being Ireland the family had been brought up as Catholics um, so you know the ghost Again, thing they, and, they, they, they don't believe yeah, this that. kind of thing yeah. was a bit 
Um, it was very difficult to accept, you know, obviously someone coming into your life and saying, oh, I'm, by the way, I mean, you know, the reincarnation of your mother, it's, it's, it's a yeah. difficult thing well, to accept anyway, but... Most don't accept it, do they? Well, Phyllis uh, was one of Mary's daughters, and she decided she would consult her local priest yeah. uh, and see what his take on it, because she, she was really you know, totally sceptical yeah, about this. Yeah. And it, when he listened to the evidence, uh, he actually turned around to her and said, you know, Maybe after after hearing all this evidence, he said, "Well, maybe there is something to this, mm. and maybe she is actually, or Mary is 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 almost uh, speaking through Jenny. Mm. Uh, you know, not necessarily total reincarnation, but maybe she's using her to speak, you know, to get the message through. Yeah, you know, passing the message to her, and then she's you know, almost like she's the Ouija board or whatever. You know, discount what I mean? a, a discount yeah. entity. So, so a medium. Yeah." She, like I say, she wanted to get the family back together, and they did. They, they reunited everybody. Uh, and it was Christy, Frank, Phyllis, Betty, Keown, was it? Um, Jeffrey and Sonny. They all got back together. I think Jeffrey uh, James died a couple of years after she made the initial contact. He was 66. But, I mean, th- this is their ages, you know, obviously. And it's weird because, obviously, she's yeah. coming in like 30-something and... Yeah, you know, maybe forty-ish. I think she's just yeah, she was about thirty-eight, thirty-nine, something like that. And these are all these are her children, but they're all 72, 70, 71, 62, of course, 62 yeah, well, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, well, what was the point? Well, did, did you find in your research, Lee? Then was did that kind of reunion did it make a difference? Yeah. Well, well, he said he said it was a mission. Yeah, she the, had the mission. mission to, she felt like her to mission reunite was the to, family and it, and to to well to to you know to she fully. She fully did that. Yeah. You know, like I say, the boys had sort of got together anyway of their own volition, yeah. but they, they didn't know where the girls lived. In fact, two of the girls only lived down the street from each other. There you go. You know, five minute walk, but yeah. they never knew, you know, and they'd lived there for however many years, uh, shit like that. But there was a 21 year gap between Mary dying and Jenny being born. Right. But, um, this reincarnation thing or past lives, if you, if you look into it, it's, it's, that's not uncommon. You know, mm. it's not like, um, cause I always thought like the, he died on the 19th and you were born on the 20th. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing. But it turns out that's not really the case. And well, in the, in, in the gap, the 21 year gap, there could have been these other lives that she, um, remembers as well. Yeah. I mean, her earliest memory of lives is actually Neolithic. She remembers being a hunter-gatherer, mm. um, like a caveman. So she was a, ma- a male in that life. Yeah. Um, but so again, different sex. Yeah, but again, you know, and she says herself, you know, genetics don't seem to carry over. So you don't look the same every time. No. You know, so no, obviously vehicle, you can So you can be a man, you can be a woman, whatever. So she found that, and she found that... Um, the only thing that she thought would... Um, um, well... Before I get into that, I'll finish this story. So, um, like I say, the kids were, it's a lot to take in, isn't it? And, um, but like Sonny and that were saying, you know, she, and well, Phyllis even said, I mean, Sonny was the first one to bring up reincarnation. Mm. And when they all got together, he sort of brought it up. He said, look, I really, you know, I think this is, could be the case. And they sort of all agreed because Phyllis even says she knew the picture that was on the wall. Mm. of the house you know and she knew how the house was built these are things that you just can't there's no photographs no there's no the house is not even there um she said phyllis said i still find it hard to believe even though i know she's telling the truth Mm. uh mama passed her soul over to this unborn person so that you can see you know so 
even the sceptical ones eventually sort of there was just too much going on too much things things to remember that you just couldn't yeah. find out from anywhere so um the other thing as well that she found out was the she actually went back to where she died she went back to the hospital was the hospital still there yeah and she actually went to the very room and she knew that um she knew that this, there was a big window in there. Mm. And when they got to the room, there was only a small window. And she said, no, this can't be right because it, um, I remember this big window. But then she seen that there was like a, uh, like a, like, what do you call it? Like a wall had been put. Ah, right. You okay. know, like, a, like a false wall, yeah, false wall to split the room into two yeah. you know, cubicles, if you like. So there was, so obviously, you know, that mm. was, she would have been further back in the original days. So, when she realised that was, then she thought, "This is the place." Yeah. But that was, like I say, the, the 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 dying. That was the only memory she had. That was was a dream. That's the, you know, all of her memories, uh, f- memories. And mm. like I say, going right back to Neolithic times. You know, this hunter gatherer. And then she's had other lives in between. But she says, what happens is, once you close the door on one life, the memories come flowing through of the other lives. Otherwise, that one drops out. Yeah. And then the rest of them come through. Mm. So then she starts, you know unpicking the next life uh, and I think she's wrote three books on it so far but the um, like I say the early one was the the Neolithic one uh, she remembers bits and bobs of that mm. and she remembers being a little girl in Gateshead uh, who was I think she was run over by a truck mm. about six years old uh, she said, the problem with that one that she had was the family was still alive ah right um and she didn't really want to come back and say, "Look, you know, I'm, I'm." Yeah, of course, you know, be, it'd be too sore. Yeah, too, too. So it, she left that one until yeah. the family sort of, well, the, the parents and that they passed away, and then she sort of, yeah, uh, contacted the family. <coughs> and again, she's saying about this genetic thing. She never looked like, and the same when she met the kids, she didn't recognise them physically because obviously when she her memories stopped when the kids were like eight, yeah, of course, nine, whatever. 10, 11, that sort of age. And obviously when she re meets them, they're all 60 plus. Yeah. So she said, I couldn't really recognize them physically, but I knew the personalities. Mm. So one that was mischievous, one that was uh, shy, one that was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Forthright. Yeah. Sonny was forthright. And she knew these, she knew these personalities. And so when she met them and they were like, she remembered as kids, you know? Yeah. So she's, Again, but again, you know, she didn't look like their mother, so it's not like she walked in and went, "Fucking no," you know, you're spitting image. No, no, she no. didn't look anything like yeah, her. Really but she way. said that she says genetics don't seem to don't seem to carry through. So no. this is why you can be a man, you can be a woman, whatever, because you don't look the same in every life. The only thing she said that does carry through or seems to carry through is uh, obviously the memories and sometimes mannerisms. Yeah, uh, not personality. Only, yeah, and um, uh, what's the other thing? You know, even sayings. You know, mm. she'd been a little girl in uh, Northampton, and she was saying these sayings that were Geordie, mm. you know, from Newcastle. Um, and the fam- none of the family were Geordie, so they didn't know where she was getting this yeah. from. But obviously, when, l- later on, when you know, transpired, she was this little girl yep. from Gateshead. Then it sort of made sense That's to her, from. and she contacted the family of uh, that family. And when she was talking on the phone, the woman said. Uh, was talking about what they looked like and that, and she actually said, "I'm going blonde," which means she's going grey. Mm. up there and she'd been saying that all her life and she never knew where she got it from but obviously you know yeah. what I mean just little things like that but one of the one of the other um, lives she had was um, 
I think she was another little girl that was killed as well. I think it was in France, but she there was another one again. It was another little girl that was killed, but she for this one she didn't know why, but she felt guilty. She is carrying this guilt around with her. Mm. She couldn't understand it, and she started picking through that life. And this this was an early early life. This one, and it was in Japan. Mm. And she was pretty con- she's pretty certain she knew which island it was in Japan. Um, anyway, she managed to do some digging around. She actually learned how to speak. Uh, not speak, she didn't answer right Japanese so she could fire letters off. Yeah. Uh, to get information. Um, so, you know, she went to some lengths to, to do this and she eventually got in contact with a family that she, uh, left behind and she managed to, uh, convince them because she knew things about this house. This house had been destroyed years ago. Right. And she knew, she knew things about this house that they, there's just no way she could know. Mm. Again, there's no pictures, that kind of stuff. So, she knew that it had a balcony that like uh, overhung the cliff edge. This okay. house was situated right on the cliff edge. And even the interpreter, which was used at the beginning, when she was contacting these families, she said, right, the house... And the, she said, no, you must mean it was... A few, no, she said it was right on the cliff. And the woman was saying, no, no, it must be uh, a few yards back, you know. You wouldn't build it out on the, on the cliff. And uh, she, was, she was saying, no, tell them. It was, it was right... It was hanging over. that You could walk on the balcony. She said she'd stand there as a little girl watching the waves. She said, it's a really churning sea mm. out there. And uh, she'd just be mesmerised for it standing there. And anyway, she contacted the family, and the family said, "How did you know that? You know, Ooh, it yeah, was it was right on the edge, yeah. shit like that." But the the element of guilt came in because what actually transpired? How she died? I think she was again seven years old, and she'd not learned to swim yet. And she was going from this island to the mainland, I think, or to another island, uh, on a little boat, and the boat capsized, uh, and everybody else, everybody managed to swim, but she obviously couldn't swim and drowned. Uh, but the guilt came into it because she, because that boat trip, that voyage was to, uh, she was going to be, to meet her suitor, if you like. A dad had arranged for her. Oh, to be, right. Okay. And, and so she never got to fulfill a dad's, mm. um, you know, ambition for her, you know, yeah. to meet, to marry this guy or whatever. And so she, that's, that's where the guilt was coming in, you see. But obviously, once she starts unpacking these lives and, um, gets to the bottom of them, that, that releases it. Yeah. Yeah. She don't think, you know, she yeah. knows. So, um, I mean, well, it's the cases, the cases, you, you can look at these, you go for thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands, you know, same cases, different parents, different locations all over the world, you know, and there's, there's, I think there's really hard evidence to say that, yes, they're happening. They're not imagination mm. to me, Lee. You know, I think, well, I know you've got different views. Mine is, is absolutely 1,000 million percent. Yes, you are born again, again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Because this is a classroom. And we, we talked about this, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I know you said sometimes it's still to do with genetics. I can't see that. No, 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 no. I, I don't, no, I'm not necessarily genetics. Well, not, gen- not no, all the time. I, I think know. it's more um, memories are stored in, if you like, the electrical impulses mm. kind of thing. And I don't know if it, is it possible that their memories get transferred? You know, like when someone walks into a, a building mm. and gets a sense of the building. You know, they've been there before, but the walk Deja vu. Yeah, that kind of feeling. And yeah. it's like, um, did they, you know, did they even say something like, did they used to be, you know, did they used to, I don't know, hang people here or whatever, whatever. They get a sense. And mm. and I sometimes think that that's because you're walking into the, the memories of the people that were there. They're sort of installed. Uh, yeah, there. again, I think this is where your brain comes in because your brain's a computer and it, it's picking, picking up. it up. And it's I, picking stuff and up. But maybe with that, with that, that's definitely past lives. That she's actually been there, and she's meeting. But that's because it's different. Um, she's meeting the people. She's meeting the 
you know, mm. obviously they're 50, 60 years old, obviously like in the 18, 1800s, early 1900s. So, but she's telling where the house is, uh, what their personality is, what they used to do, what you, that, she can't pick that up. Surely not. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Three or four times again, if, it, if she's it, saying, this is my son, this yeah, is my yeah. daughter, but this is where I used if to it's, live. If I it's, died in this hospital. If it's memories, then yeah, she would be able to pick that up. I'll give you an example, like why I don't think it's, because a lot of this, you see, it's, you'll mention soul. No, your soul, soul, soul does. Soul, well, a soul again. What, what, what would you class a soul? Well, I wouldn't. But um, well, I'll give my interpretation yeah. of what it is. But you'll see that a lot in these. You'll see this soul transfer, whatever. But it's not, I don't get that because first you have to ascertain where the soul is, and that's, you know that's another story. Well, but that's your high self. Yes, but memories transferring through electricity possible because there was a case of a young lad. Um, I think he was in his twent- early 20s and he he had a heart uh, bypass. Ooh, yeah. uh, no, he didn't. He had a hand, heart transplant. He um, can't remember exactly what happened to him. It was some, some sort of accident, mountain bike accident. Or something. But anyway, he, um, the, the guy who, who, trans- who, who lost it, you know, obviously died and, and got the heart from him. He died in like a mountain bike accident, something like that. Okay. And so this guy gets his heart and... This is what I'm saying about memories being stored anywhere in your body where there's electricity, which is you know anywhere. But um, these memories can be—I think the memories can be stored anywhere in your body. Well, your body is a fantastic piece of equipment. This is why, because this guy gets this heart and he's he's doing well, Mm. and at some point he gets a letter from the hospital. Do you want to meet the donor? Mm. Um, Obviously not the donor because he's fucking dead. But do you want to meet the donor's parents? Parents. Yeah. Uh, And uh, he said, "Yeah, I'd love to," because um, you know he wouldn't be here. If it weren't for mm-hmm. their kindness, you know, donation. So he meets them and he's talking to them and that, and you know, and he says, "I've got some questions for you," you know, because it, it's going to sound really weird, but I've never ever in my life ate asparagus. You know, I think mm-hmm. I tried it once, didn't like it. He said, "But for whatever reason," he said, "I'm craving it all the time." You know, mm-hmm. it's my number one. If I have a vegetable of anything, yeah. it's asparagus. Yeah, he said, "I don't know why that is," and he said, "There's and um, the other thing is that I'm." You know, he didn't know anything about the donor, right? And he says, the other thing, I'm, I'm mad into mountain bikes all of a sudden. I just, you know, and um, he'd be watching telly, watching a film that he's not seen before, and he'd know know that what I was going to say. Mm. You know, and he'd turn to his yeah. missus or whatever, or people who he was with and say, it says, um, you know, he says, I'll be back or whatever now. And then, obviously, the guy says, I'll be back. So yeah. He's like, uh, he said, how did, you know, how did I know that? He had memories of things, places that he used to go places that he'd never been before but he knew mm. which way to turn yeah. and how to get there and shit and he, he sat down with the parents and he, he spoke about all this and they pretty much confirmed that what he was telling them was exactly their son he was mad mountain biking okay mad on asparagus you know because he was a keep fit uh, and loved asparagus and that um all this kind of shit so somehow those memories if you want to call them that transferred via that heart um again well i said the body's machine Normal machine, you put any, like a car, you know, a normal car, and you put a, I don't know, say it's a, you put a, another engine from that car into that car, you know, it, you're, you're putting different pieces in that car, and that car, that machine's got to operate, hasn't it? But it'll still, <clears throat> that piece, that engine, or the piece you put into the new car, will still have the attributes of the old car, won't it? It'll still run as it is, mm. not as the new engine. And I think you could put, um, donate bits of all over you. And I think yes, it's got an imprint on it. You know, it's got an imprint of its own. It's what yeah. that the heart, what that belonged to that boy, what died, and he, now now it's it's in his body. 
but the, because I think the body's a machine, it'll still have imprints and imp- of of the other guy. And that's know, why of, of his and that's emotions is what his love. A lot of everything. these reincarnation stories are that. I think it's just somehow people are getting that that information. No, I, I think they're they're coming back um, certain times and they live. They allow the highest self is allowing them to have memories and say, look, you know, in different lives you've been this and that. And it. I think sometimes they come. Uh, I mean, people say to me, oh, you know, people die and then they, they shouldn't have died. I don't know. I mean, I think you should, why be Why come on this earth and then just die? You know, there's no point. It's, it's, it's not logical. There must be a reason why, you, you know, I believe that you die, go to another realm, stay there for a while, then you come back here for a certain time. But there must be a reason why you, you, you know, you, you come then dying and then come back again and dying. Maybe this lady's come back to keep her family together. Maybe there's some point where... They, the, something's going to happen and they was going to, you know, be, the family link generation was going to be lost. So she came back and hold them together, you mm-hmm. know, got the ball together, possible. But I believe also that when someone says to me um, about, you know, bisexual and gays and um, lesbians and whatever, oh, it's genetics, it's all, it's, it's, it's in them. No, I don't, I don't believe that. My theory on that is, I think I, I am telling the truth here, is that, um, you know, if someone like, this lady, as you said before, Lee, she's had a couple lives of male, you know, so, so then next life she had two or three females. Sometimes if you have a life, say you'd have a life of five, you're a female, five lives, okay? So you'd love being that life of female, five lives. Next life, right, you, you're a male. Well, this time she might not adjust. She still likes men, you see. So this is where I think we get lesbians in. You know, they, they still, even though, you know, she still likes men, you know. So obviously he's a male. He's still so to it to him. He still likes men, and vice versa. I don't think it's genetic. I think it is definitely based on past lives because sometimes people can adjust to it, being a male five times and all of a sudden to a female. They can't handle it. Well, you've seen it before, haven't you? How feminine people can be. The males yeah, feminine. Yeah. They can wear all the stuff and look really feminine. And they and the people say, "Oh, it's genetic. It's it's in him." No, no. I think it's because of past lives. It's an adjustment. Um, as for uh, again, you know what you're saying about the genetics and this and that. Nah, I think it's you know you, no. Uh, I think it's definitely a past life thing where you we you know where you pass over, go into a different realm, and then you come back again. Something else. Well, like if you so. still get the memories, that's. I mean, you know, I, I don't. Uh, think, I, I don't think it's uh, something not, to be. I'm not convinced about a soul that kind of stuff. I know there's cultures there. Well, yeah, um, all over the world. Yeah, I think it's... They have different names for it, don't they? Yeah, is it one of the Eskimo uh, cultures? Is the yeah. Inuits or something? They, I know they believe they actually, on their way out, so they're like 80, 90 old, whatever, they actually pick the next parents. Mm. Um, they actually go around the village and say, right, you'll do. And they actually get reborn to them. Some, and that's their belief, so... Um, I don't know, but um, past lives again. You know, again, you, you. What's the point? I mean, I don't see. I mean, you tell me a logical point where you come in and go out, and that's it. I don't see why. Why? What are you going to learn? Nothing. But what's the point? Yeah, but you could say the same. You could turn that round, couldn't you? Because what's the point in reincarnation? If what's the point in dying? If you're just going to be because your body. Oh, I mean, you, you, the real you. My, I always said this. It's like my friend Les, and I, and I, I, I think it's great. Looks it. I look at the body as a motor car. Okay, you're you. Oh, the pilot in you, you're the pilot controlling the body, hanging on for dear life. 
but the motor car is your body okay you buy a brand new car when you're young right and you're driving it around over the years right it gets ages that's a rust it's that slow down it needs and you think well i'll do something well, yeah, some bobs yeah. repair I've it i've got that problem or, now, yeah yeah, yeah you, of course you do eventually the car right eventually the car's gonna say i've had enough it's getting too old it's it's not it, it, so you have to get out that car now once you get out that car that car cannot move mm. yeah but if that was all it can't drive itself well, you, the person, the, you, the real, yeah, you, the real if, soul, you was gone out the car. So right, I need a new one. If that was all preordained like that, then surely you could just make somebody that would live forever. But anyway, no, well, why? You wouldn't learn anything. You'd be in the same location all the time. No, 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 no. You need different lessons. And I think this is just a hard classroom at the moment where you live. And then once you leave here, you'll go into another physical body, which people don't know about. They think you're a whisper smoke, which you're not. You go into another realm, which is physical, and your body is physical. And then you have a bit of time there, and you come back down here again, and it goes on and on and on to a certain time. Nah. Well, that's my uh, yeah, my I take. I, mean, I don't get the heaven. I don't get the. Sun. There's no heaven. I didn't say heaven. No. I didn't say that yeah, it's all pretty much you know, what you described. Uh, you know, the god dead. Anyway, come here, whatever. On yeah. that bombshell, yeah. Uh, please <laughs> remember to subscribe. Yes, please. Must, yeah. must, must, must. Will be really helpful. And send us yeah. your reviews. Yes. Uh, and if you've got any stories for us, please send them to the new email, which is supernaturalpod at gmail dot com. Okay. Supernaturalpod at gmail dot com. So, yeah, and thank you, and uh, we will see you on the other side. Yeah, very soon. Bye now. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.